Hello, and welcome to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, where we answer your real-world money questions in 15 minutes or less. I'm your host, Sean Piles. And joining me is my co-host, Dayana Yoakum. Kick it off, Sean. <laughs> All right. Today's question comes from Jason in Little Rock. He asks, I've been thinking about getting a travel credit card, but I'm just not sure if it's right for me. How can I tell? Jason, you are not alone here. Travel credit cards are having a bit of a moment right now, and for good reason. Many of these have huge sign-up bonuses. Yeah, like 50,000 points right off the bat. Right, if you spend enough to get it. But that can basically get you a free round-trip flight. It's a clever bit of marketing, but it can actually be really beneficial to consumers. Consumers like you, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yes. (laughs) Well, if, uh, if memory serves me right, all of your exotic show-offy travel has come courtesy of your obsessive focus on earning points, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll admit that I was a sucker for that marketing around these cards when I got one about a year ago, just because of that guarantee of a free round-trip flight on the points alone. But then once I used it, I had to work really hard to get back up to that. It took several months and many, many, many dollars to get back up to 50,000 <laughs> points, but I'm still making it work for me. So you're on the spend-to-earn plan. Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, not everyone is Sean, sadly, and only certain customers are good candidates for travel rewards cards. Right, so let's talk through this. First up, do you pay off your balance every month? If not, that is a deal breaker for a travel credit card. Many of these have really high interest rates, and if you don't pay it off every month, that can quickly lead to spiraling debt, and it's just a mess you don't want to touch. And also be aware that you often need excellent credit to qualify for one of these. Right. So next, it seems obvious, but consider whether you really travel enough to make it worthwhile. If you only take trips like a a few times a year, a travel card might not be the best way to use your points. So let's say that you are the ideal candidate. That you're Sean. That you are me. Uh, (laughs) Don't dive in just yet, even if you are me who already has this card. The bigger question for everyone is the cash back versus travel credit card debate. And what we found in a recent NerdWallet study is that in many cases, a consumer could get more value by using a cash back card and then using those cash rewards for paying for travel. Yep, that's me to a T. Cash rewards to pay for travel. Now let's talk about how to milk this thing for all it's worth. We sat down and grilled NerdWallet writer Greg Karp, who's a former reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and he's been writing about personal finance for over a decade. We got his expert insights. Greg, you're a big deal. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, but, but I'm excited to talk about travel cards, that's for sure. Oh, excellent. All right, I'm going to start with this question uh, because the big lure for travel cards, the, the um, carrot that they're always dangling is the sign-up bonus. And, you know, that's where you get, like, the mountain of points, the 25,000 miles, 50,000 miles with some, some cards. So, so then what? After you burn through the sign-up bonus, is it card worth, worth it to keep even? Well, uh, like so much in all this, it's a big, it depends. But yeah, the sign-up bonus is like the headline feature and the thing that the uh, cards are marketing because they can be worth a lot of money, like well over $1,000 in some cases that uh, Mm -hmm. these sign-up bonuses are worth. So yeah, there's a few things to know about sign-up bonuses. First of all, you have to be able to earn the sign-up bonus. So that means spending a certain amount of money uh, in a certain time frame. So often it's going to be, you have to spend $4,000 in the first three months of owning the card and then you get the bonus. So you got to be able to uh, spend that kind of money in order to get the bonus in the first place. 
you got to spend money to make money is what you're saying. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I know some of these premium travel credit cards have a um, sign-up bonus that can be just gargantuan, but it costs a lot of money to get them. And the annual fee just seems outrageous to an average shopper like me. I'm wondering how you figure out whether it's worth it to get one. Yeah, so it comes down to the math. Um, and so you got the sign-up bonus goes into the equation and also the ongoing reward. So after the sign-up bonus is done, uh, what are you going to earn afterwards? Are you going to earn two points or two miles for each dollar you spend on dining? Or how much are you going to um, earn on travel? Those are two very popular categories, as you might imagine, for travel cards is uh, dining and travel. So uh, it, what are you going to earn on an ongoing basis as you spend money with the card? Um, so th that all determines whether it's worth it. And now there's a lot of cards that have, you know, $95 uh, annual fees and then others that have like $450 annual fees, some yeah. even 500 Whoa. So, yeah. What, what, what are you getting for your money when you pay, pay that much? Are okay, so are they better rewards? I guess is the question. Yes, they are definitely better rewards. So there's no doubt about that. But you got to do the math. Are you going to use the rewards? Right. That's that's what it comes down to. So a lot of the premium cards that charge the four hundred and five hundred dollars, they give you a travel credit, for example. And that what that means is that uh, when you spend the use the card on travel, it automatically erases some of your spending. So if it has a three hundred dollar travel credit when you spend on travel and they have different definitions for travel, but say it's an airline ticket, uh, they just wipe out $300 worth of your uh, credit card bill. Um, so that mitigates the 450, you know, so all of a sudden you're down, if you're 450 annual fee and you have a $300 travel credit, now you only have to make up 150, assuming you're going you're to use the travel credit. So, yeah, so it, it can come down quickly. And then there's other things. There's, um, Lounge access is, is a big one for the uh, expensive travel cards. So how important is that to you? The airport lounge access that can be an oasis away from the hub of uh, when you're delayed as we are so often nowadays. So, so these are really for the, sorry. So these are really for the, um, the, the most frequent travelers out there would really make this worth it. I would say for, for when we're talking about premium cards, yes, you, you have to travel a lot in order to get enough benefit from the perks to make it worth the annual fee. And then there's the, there's the difference, explain this to me, of a co-branded card, like or like I've got a cashback card or I can switch over and, and my spending earns mild versus a general travel card. Sorry, scratch all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, so what is the difference between a co-branded card and a general travel card? I'm assuming it's uh, when I whip out the plastic, it says, you know, American Airlines or, or Alaska Airlines Visa. Yeah, that's exactly it. So co-branded just means that the travel uh, company, whether it's uh, United, American, uh, Delta, they have a name on the card. Um, and they can offer certain perks that you're not going to get with a general travel card. So the difference here is... Um, an American Airlines, Delta Airlines, United Airlines card can, and this is a big deal, give you free checked bags. And that's, if you think about it, that's what, 25 bucks each way, right? That for a single person, two people going up and back, that's a hundred bucks right there. All of a sudden you paid for a $95 fee in a single round yeah. trip with a couple. 
And so, I can bring all, all of my shoes can come with me. Is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Then you can check it and not have to lug that around the airport. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, I get angry with myself if I have to bring more than just the pair of shoes on my feet. I don't want to get the reputation as an overpacker, okay? <laughs> so the general travel card is different, though. That That is you earn points and then you can essentially erase travel expenses from your statement in effect get statement credit for travel expenses so uh, that way they're not linked to a particular airline or hotel so you can use it on any travel so yeah. th that makes them more flexible in that way. right all right um I want the total insider tips um so we know you know what's a good season to shop for bathing suits or cars is there a season is there a good time to sign up for a travel card uh sorry let me, let me just say that again so greg let's get into the real insider tips here um is there a good time to sign up for a travel card like a season there is you know there's a seasonality to how high the bonuses are and, and that's because there are limited time offers with these sign up bonuses and that, that's where you're getting your big value on the front is the bonus so uh, airline cards, for example, have big bonuses in the uh, going into the summer flying season. So uh, that's when they tend to have their limited time offers for that they might even double their sign up bonus, which is really, really lucrative and much more valuable than if you applied in the other part of the year and, and got only half that amount. So. Um, there is some seasonality, and unfortunately, there's no single month that's good for all airline cards or all hotel cards or um, all general travel cards. But, uh, but, but you can kind of get a sense for it if you, you go onto the NerdWallet site and look for some of the limited time offers. Hmm. That's very smooth plug. I like it. <laughs> uh, one thing that I've been thinking about and shopping around, I've been having a hard time discerning what these different gargantuan amounts of points actually mean. I saw one card that had about 20,000, I think it was, and that equaled a $500 flight. And then another card where it was 50,000 for also a $500 flight. So there seems to be some inflation and I'm just not quite sure how to navigate it. How do you approach viewing these different point values? Yeah, it can be difficult um, until you kind of get into it. So, so there's two sides of this whole reward game. It's the earn side and that's accumulating points in the burn side, how you spend the points once you have them. And so the value from a program comes from how quickly you can accumulate them in the first place and then how valuable they are when you spend them. So, uh, and that varies from program to program. It's gonna be different for uh, Chase's program than City's program. And a lot of these uh, cards are, have uh, travel platforms where you actually go in, it's like their own version of Kayak or one of these booking uh, modules. And you can go in there and uh, book on there. And, you get more value for your points than if you had spent them a different way. So, um, yeah, th th there's some details to know with these these uh, cards, all the travel cards. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a full-time job. Um, so I, I hate to end on a downer, but relatedly, I want to know what mistakes to avoid. What are the biggest blunders you've seen people make with travel rewards cards? 
Yeah, so, so there's there's several. First and foremost is um, spending too much to earn the miles or points in the first place. These, these aren't freebies. You're not getting a one-to-one benefit from these rewards when you go out and uh, spend more at the mall than you would have otherwise because you're getting your miles. <laughs> and the other reason, the other one was we just talked about was knowing all the perks of the card because there are a lot of details to know on especially some of the premium cards. You're going to want to know the perks because you're not getting full value um, if you're not familiar with them. And as, as a big kind of headline rule of thumb, you want to get at least a penny per point for your uh, miles. So what does that mean? So if you, a typical flight is $400 round trip and you're spending 25,000 miles or points to get it, that's a good deal because that's 1.6 cents per mile. So you're over a penny. So that's a good deal. But spending 50,000 miles on that same flight, not such a good deal. That's only 0.8 cents per mile. So uh, so use that as kind of the break even, um, especially if you can start pushing towards two cents per mile or point, then you're getting really good value on the burn side. Great. Well, Greg, thank you so much for walking us through the mileage math and all the other tips for travel cards. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming on, Greg. I really appreciate you helping us out with this. Um, I feel a little bit less lost here. Yeah, for sure. And check out the best travel cards, best airline cards, and best hotel cards on nerdwallet.com. Done, done, and done. (laughs) The earn and burn thing, that's that's actually pretty catchy. It's really catchy. Anyhow, let's get into our takeaway tips. Yes, here we go. So first up, on the earn side, do you reap more value than you pay? Make sure the rewards you get offset any annual fee the card has. Otherwise, it's just not worth it. Another thing is you also want to make sure that you know what the points are really worth. Remember that point value varies greatly from one card to the next. Uh, and in the show notes, let's include... Um, uh, a rundown of various credit card point values, shall we? Yeah, that's at nerdwallet.com slash podcast, plug alert. And point three, <laughs> know how to use the points that you get. The greatest value that you can get is going to come from spending them on flights, while other goodies like magazine subscriptions will not go as far. Uh, 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 sometimes don't totally dismiss those magazine subscriptions. They can actually come in handy if your card requires that you do something, some sort of transactions, uh, to keep your accrued points from expiring. So there's that. Hmm. There's that. You can expect your one to two year subscription to Golf Digest. Thanks, Ayana. The mail anytime soon. You're welcome. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for today. You can get more on this at nerdwallet.com slash podcast. Do you have a money question of your own? You can text us or call us at 901-730-6373. That's 901-730-NERD. Or you can email us at podcast at nerdwallet.com. And finally, a brief disclaimer, courtesy of the NerdWallet legal team. Your questions are answered by knowledgeable and talented finance writers, but we are not financial or investment advisors. This nerdy info is provided for general educational and entertainment purposes. And with that said, keep it nerdy.